To Kristen Whispers Sonnets. It's a beautiful Saturday morning <laughs> and I'm a little giddy because I stayed up late, um, got an idea for um, my brain took me to a new poetry tale and I wrote a new poem. Um, it just always excited the beginning of something, something that you know is a sonnet that's going to take you into a whole new world and that happened last night so <laughs> it's like welcoming uh, you know finding out you're pregnant <laughs> you know what I mean like oh we're having a new edition you know so uh you know that kind of feeling you know um where you just um want to give yourself over to this new story and I did last night for sure I just kind of went into my mind and escaped reality and um, let it take me over, and probably, maybe next week, I'll do a little, um, po um, podcast on, on this new project, but this week, we're going to be talking about something a little dirty, <laughs> um, it's, um, I kind of have talked about the subject of these poems a little bit, I, I'm not sure if it, the last couple of weeks, one of the last podcasts, I talked, to, I've, I've read some of the poems that I wrote about this period in my life, and this, rockabilly performer <laughs> and that's um these poems are all kind of about this relationship I had with this person that um you know I just can't take out of you know like it's always every memory is set to like a rockabilly soundtrack that he created because that's what he did and I was um you know um when I was seeing him at a time we I was a stripper and so, um, even like when he would come into the club, I, um, danced to some of his music sometimes, you know, and, uh, though we were not like once I became a stripper, it was a tragic story because I had kind of dated him kind of, we dated before I was a stripper when I was a high school teacher and he was all cool with that. But then when, you know, like my situation put me in, you know, I needed to go and get, a more stable financially um, a job that I could separate myself completely from you know my abusive background and so I went into that and so anyway I'm getting out of the talking of dirty boys and that's what this is about this is a whole um, podcast kind of about hypocrisy in the deep south and those feelings of like you know a girl can be exploring her dirty side and a guy can be exploring his dirty side but it's two completely different things in the deep south and in a lot of places not just here but this like I said is a very individual story and it's all set you know in the south in this rockabilly background and I'm gonna read you the first poem which this podcast is named after called dirtiest boys dirtiest boys smell of ivory soap. After their rockabilly shows, downstairs will float. Baby faces always give you hope. Surround you inside a library. Share their oral histories of girls in the woods. Finger spines, dust jackets, your plaited hair. Call you Laura Ingalls, believing you're good. 
Then Wednesday atoms, when other boys share, an atlas of altars where you will kneel, anatomical charts how you will feel, peeled free of this lace, Mary Jane heals, a borrowable pleasure, nobody steals, whimpers and bookmobiles of misanthropes, wash off your scent, become more more anecdotes and um this guy actually always did smell like ivory soap and it kind of for a long time I've been it was one of those details you remember about somebody and then you know like he was a very obsessively clean person and you know you may it makes you think like he was also very obsessed with like my dirtiness you know and like that you know that it was you know, I was bad and tainted and all this stuff. And so, um, yet he did much, much worse, you know, than me. And so, but I think also that same guilt subconsciously, you know, he turned on himself and that's why he was so obsessively <laughs> always clean because he wanted to always wash off these scents of other people. And, um, anyway, I had never, you know, for a long time when I would write about him, I would write that detail, but I didn't really think about what it meant until I wrote this poem, you know, the way he, you know, the actual washing off of another person. And um, so I felt like I captured it in that poem and it made me really happy. And I'm probably going to do a little collection of these poems because I just really think that sums up like my feelings when I was that age with this boy and also he kind of represented like the mindset of a lot of you know boys that I lived around and grew up around you know that you know boys could do anything and wash it off but girls were um, marked by it you know and that you know you could not become clean again you know he that was his whole thing was he would be betrayed feeling and he actually said to me when he found out, like, he had thought when we dated at first and I was a high school teacher that I was, had this very innocent background. Not that I said that to him. I never, you know, tried to deceive him, but he said, well, you have this innocent face. And I believed that. And, you know, it's like, I can't help, you know, what my face is. And I, you know, anyway, it was none of his business what I had done with anybody before him, you know. But, that's not the attitude of where I live <laughs> and you know especially I mean it might be a little bit different now I don't know but you know it's you know this was I'm older you know so this is a little you know say 20 years ago so you know um that kind of tells you gives you a time frame and you know I think the whole like for example I've written a poem called um slut shame and that term wasn't even invented when I was you know like the age that I'm writing these poems nobody used that term I ended up I wrote the poem slut shame when I was that age and then I had to, I retitled it when I um started publishing because it had never been published and I put the title slut shame I finally had like I grew into an era where somebody put a name to what this was but it didn't that name didn't exist because I mean, where I lived, slut shame that was viewed as appropriate. It was, I mean, it wouldn't be like, oh, you're slut shaming, that's bad. It would be, no, you're a slut, that's bad. You know, that was the mentality. So, 
anyway, another poem that I wrote about this person and it in his experiences, and it was also this poem was in um, the meadow, but it's you know because it has a lot to do with um, like dominance and submission in a way. Although we didn't this relationship. Definitely, I was submissive to him, but it was never discussed, you know, we didn't have a, um, a BDSM relationship, you know, there was no vocabulary of that sort of situation involved, but he definitely was controlling and dominating and made the, any kind of dictates of the relationship. There was just no, um, uh, communication about that or, um really consent, I guess, to that behavior, you know, it was just, you know, understood, and if you didn't like it, you can leave, you know, and so, you know, not a, um, this was not a actual, like, safe, sane kind of BDSM relationship, but this is nipple. Pulls you to his chest after all the rest to fall asleep the way that he desires. You suckling his right nipple like a breast, like you are starving and it can make milk. It's slight erection, tight between your lips because you know it's true. He does feed you something more than the mimicked milk this tit diminutive cannot express. A coo to keep it in until he's snoring but if you do, it makes you, in fact, his child. A baby doll undressed and nursed. It's what makes it okay that he hurts you. Defiles, then feeds. Both mother, father, he can be. He knows how much you need a family. And you know, that, this poem really, like, I, when I wrote this poem, I was so embarrassed, I mean, this is one of the most embarrassing poems I ever published, because, you know, I just, you know, I mean, the whole sexual act of it, you know, like, you know, nursing on a a man, (laughs) you know, seems, you know, kind of vulnerable to say, and like, that, I mean, but that was something he really got into, and, um, and I, felt in those moments the most connected to him because it was such a vulnerable this guy too um like I hope some people from my hometown don't listen to this but um you know this is a long time ago but this person actually his nickname was Mr. Baby and and but he reminded me of a character out of um like Blue Velvet you know um like it sounds like such an innocent name and he was a smaller guy and the Mr. Baby thing, um, you know, sounds like, oh, this is some, you know, like gentle and, and I don't want to, cause he's complex. And like I said, this, I think really, um, I do, I do think he is gentle in ways, you know, and I do think he was very complicated and I don't, I didn't, wasn't ever granted enough access into his, you know, background to understand where that, all these issues came from. But though he was like very, um, kind of brutal to me in a lot of ways, um, psychologically, even physically, um, you know, made me do things that I didn't, um, 
necessarily want to do, um, you know, uh, involving like things with his friends and, and things like that. Um, I also like, I lived in this relationship. I lived for these moments where, you know, like in nipple where, you know, like bad things have happened that maybe I didn't want to happen or, you know, I felt degraded or I felt so objectified and so dehumanized. And then he would be like, you know, want me to fall asleep, you know, sucking on his nipple. And it felt like, um, with my background, knowing what I, you know, my daddy issues and my, um, you know, abusive background, it was like feeding into exactly, you know, what would keep me in this game, you know, it was exactly what I was like looking for without ever knowing that that was what I was looking for, you know, and, um, being able to verbalize that, especially then, you know, I mean, I wouldn't have ever asked to do that and it wasn't something that I thought was my idea, but it felt intimate. It was like one of the few things that we did, though we did a lot of sexual things, it, they didn't feel intimate and that felt very intimate. Like I was his baby, you know, and I was, and that, and he would call me baby doll all the time. And, um, I, <laughs> kind of very, this, you know, why this whole story has a lot of um, emotional resonance even now, you know, because you, you know, you realize like why you would be in a situation if most of what you're doing is not what you want to be doing. But then, you know, in those moments, even though it's so like, it's hard to explain to another person why you would, um, you know, why you would go through all these things. Um, and you were way too embarrassed to explain this story, you know, like the, when I published this, it was 20 years later and I would, it was like, I remember it coming out and, and I was just so like felt so ashamed and so worried about, you know, like people thinking I was such a freak and people were so lovely about this poem. I mean, I had so much um, like people I didn't know that like reach out to you and like are like oh I feel this pain so much and I relate to this and you know and I wish that for like every writer that if you go through the process of having to um, unburden yourself of like very vulnerable things that um, that you get that love when you get that love back for the most painful thing you write it's like I mean it truly feels like the unconditional love that I, for example, didn't ever feel. So in my, in, you know, like it will heal a lot of your daddy issues. Although like, you know, it's kind of dangerous, you know, too, to have like, you know, like, so you shouldn't depend on this, you know, approval from other people. But when you do feel it, when you do feel like, wow, I put myself out there in this super vulnerable way and people love me for it, that is, I can't tell you how, you know, great that has felt to me. And, um, you, you know, it's just so healing. And that's the best part of writing to me is those experiences where you put something out there and people just get it. Sometimes they get it more than you even were able to put it out. You feel like uh, they get things that were like in the subtext and it just makes you feel wonderful. And 
anyway, um, but like I said, this was one of the most. The poem I'm going to read last, um, oh gosh, I mean, um, I'm going to talk about it for a little while first, because I haven't read it that much, and like, it's one that a lot of people, you know, I think people love, some people love it, and some people are like, maybe it's too dark for some people, and I mean, but I'm going to give some context, and I think you know, maybe that will help, but this is also involves the same character <laughs> from my life who, um, as I said earlier, you know, um, that situation was involved, um, involved a lot of things that I did not, you know, necessarily, it wasn't a concern to him whether I felt comfortable about doing something. It was just like, you will do this or, you know, we won't hang out because I'm not, he was already done with me. Like, emotionally mostly I mean I think obviously from the last poem there was a deep part of him that you know there was something that's what kept me there there was this hope you know that there was this you know emotional connection but honestly it really you know most of the time he was very detached and I don't think he really cared you know what my opinions were of anything I was doing it was just like I was his, you know, baby doll, and he could do whatever he wanted, you know, with me, and anyone could play with me that wanted to, you know, and that, you know, he wanted to, and, um, I don't, um, <laughs> this, okay, so the last poem is all about how, um, what, you know, this is when I was stripping, and I would go, um, sometimes over to his place after work which would be very late and he played in a band so it was like also very late you know for him and um one of the times that I did that um you know uh all I've done all night is um you know dance and it and I'm you know when you were a stripper and you work on a weekend which was you are exhausted I mean you, uh, you know, um, that's the last thing you want to do is, um, dance for somebody. Come on, you know, you want to go get in a hot bath. I mean, you're like, sometimes after, on like, if, if I worked on a Friday on a Saturday, like today when I would have woken up, I, like, I could barely walk out of my bed because, you know, you've done so many table dances, which are really hard on your thighs because you do so much, um, basically, like, lunges, you know, I mean, it, you know, you break down what you're doing, um, there, like, you don't, we didn't do lap dances, which I'm sure use different muscles, but we did table dances where you didn't touch, and so everything you did was, like, uh, you know, kind of, like, lunges up into, you know, shaking your, you know, and, like, using those thigh muscles, and so, I mean, it was like an incredible workout. I mean, you know, like I, the next day I was exhausted, but the night, that night I would be so just beyond, but I had gone and, and, you know, um, went up the stairs to uh, his like garage apartment where he lived and he and this boy that he's with are watching, you know, this video, this porn, which like it was just black and white but it was a woman being um you know a man using a broom to penetrate a woman you know broom handle and I was just like immediate just 
like visceral reaction of because just the feeling in this room was just so whatever and and then when you walk in to that and then you're like you just feel you know um overwhelmed and then he's like dance for us and between the exhaustion and what you're just seeing and knowing like this is what they're you know like getting into you know it was just a a feeling of almost well not almost fear I would say I felt total fear at that time because I had no idea what was about to happen next you know and I wanted to capture that in a poem and I haven't read this poem very much Um, I think people you know didn't maybe understand because you know the sonnet form is short you know when I wrote it like if I say that that is what we did next you know the same behavior no, that didn't happen, but other things definitely did happen and that were dehumanizing and, and just that feeling of like how can, it was just that feeling and I think it's relatable to people who, you know, do any kind of like sex work, like you walk in and you think, they were just, this porn was on and they were almost bored by it. It was like, and you're thinking, I'm supposed to entertain these people after this and this is not even hard enough for them, you know, like. I, you know, um, it was just a very scary feeling, and I felt in the moment, too, this is how he looks at me. Like, I felt so innocent in that moment because I felt, like, shocked and scared, even though I'm a professional stripper, you know, and in his mind, an amateur slut, you know what I'm saying? So, but it didn't matter, you know, like, in that moment, I felt out of, you know, completely on an alien planet and completely afraid and not knowing like what was expected of me but that whatever it was it was beyond what I felt like I could do you know and like I I just wanted to run out of there but of course I didn't I did dance for them and um you know things happen but not any brooms but I'm going to read broom for you now because I've been talking about it for a long time but it's just one of those poems of mine that I think when I wrote it I was so scared I was working at the time too um with this mentor of mine in the poetry world who really pushed me to be um you know like very raw in my poetry and I feel like you can see that in this you can see feel this is a poem I really attribute also to that person who you know made, you know was like I remember sending it to him he was the first person that read it and he was like so happy with it and I was so scared you know I felt like so um kind of like I did in that situation you know like I felt a little bit out of my league but I that it was but then I felt so good that I it worked and that it communicated you know, exactly all those things, but, and, um, it was in 521, it's called Broom. They speak websites, ignore in black and white, brunette exsanguinated, TV, mute, receptacle, you can't unsee, her tight perfected V of thigh, the yogic brute solidity of pose, fingered calves, sky high a dancer you the pigtailed girl abused next door variation some spry pike 
driven deep into dark curls, slick pubic hair, an off-screen, strong-armed ghost, bald back of head in frame, now with a brush, contextual clue, broom. You loom engrossed, her fate already photographed. No rush to flee, live girl, they summoned here to dance. You're doomed, you wait for it, by broom entranced. And it just, that's how I felt in that situation was stuck. And I, um, like, I felt like I was the only person who, I mean, I could not take my eyes off the TV. They were literally talking about their website for their band. And, um, it was just like, you know, on kind of in the background, but it was, you know, I just, it, I just felt like, also like almost, you know, again, it was a moment where I had dated this person and now it almost felt like a paid professional, like sent over, you know, summoned over to them as an entertainer, you know, and, um, though it wasn't paid, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, that that's all I was, you know, that was the next version of this. Now we've watched porn and now we have the live porn, you know? So, um, and anyway, it was just a very, um, I learned a lot of lessons about, you know, dehumanization in this situation that um, I'll never forget, obviously, and uh, <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about still, apparently, you know, that where, at myself, you know, like I said about, you know, why you allow yourself to go down certain roads when you already know, like, the road is not for you, but you still, you're just stuck, you're just like, you know, run down those stairs and leave, you know what I mean? But you're here. And, you know, and like, actually, I probably should have read Nipple at last because that ex broom explains, you know, that's, Nipple is why I would stay. You know, that was the poem of like why I would stay. And, and it's so sad that like, I mean, it was, it was such a simple little intimacy, you know, and really brief in a way in the contrast of how much of the situation was more broom than nipple you know but I uh I stayed for the nipple <laughs> anyway um <laughs> I feel so vulnerable right now <laughs> I hope everybody um is gentle with me about this podcast but I I really definitely am gonna put together a little collection about this um the the dirtiest boys because it's really you know a lot about hypocrisy and you know the whole social mores of communities but like the deep south where I lived so I am going to go have a Saturday now <laughs> I have so much to do I've been I actually recorded this this podcast today and back in my podcast studio which has been um I did one last last week but um because I had gotten um carpet and I did it on the floor <laughs> today I'm doing it on a bed back here because I got a and finally um this um studio room was flooded and so the bed that was in here 
uh, was part just you know ruined in that flood from and so I just this week got my second bed and so it, the guest room has a bed and uh, that's what my studio is the guest room so it's like um and I am like lying on here just finally it feels so good to be back in my space um to be able you know talk to you guys I was listening to a podcast this week and they were talking about um how it made me feel good because I feel like I'm not the only one because they were thanking the podcast listeners saying you know I've said this before that it's like therapy to me and it's and this person said it's like for them thank you for being here so I'm not just talking to myself I definitely would be talking to myself because I've always been a talking to myself person, but it feels a lot better to be a talking to others person. So thank you guys for being that for me and for being friends. And I will see you next week. And I hope you enjoyed The Dirtiest Boys. And have a great Saturday and find some time to cuddle. I got a new bunny. Um, not a real bunny, like a stuffed bunny, because on this podcast I always talk about snuggling with your stuffed animals. And I got a new um, bunny, um, stuffed bunny for um, Easter, because I love Easter and bunnies. So I'll be snuggling with that later. And I am going to say goodbye. But. I will see you next week, and just remember to always come back here whenever you need a little sonnet in your life to Kristen Whisper's Sonnets. Kristen Whisper's Sonnets. Join me.